0: Hi, everyone. This is Florence Brummer. I'm your host of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a weekly podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for over 21 years. Today's podcast, I'm actually gonna do something a little bit different. So I usually talk about time management and lifestyle tips, obviously. (laughs) That's what my podcast is about. But today I'm gonna do something called legal urban legends. And it's a topic that's been on my mind because I'm reading a book about regular old urban legends, which is actually pretty fascinating. Um, I'm realizing that there's many stories throughout my youth that I thought for a long period of time had some sort of basis in reality, and now I'm finding them in the Encyclopedia of Urban Legends. There's a lot of them that I found out years ago were urban legends, and then just seeing the confirmation of how they became urban legends and some history on the urban legends, it's pretty fascinating. And so I just started thinking about... urban legends in the context of my job where I have things that people will think is the truth and um, it really doesn't work that way. So in the last week I started thinking I have legal urban legends as part of my everyday life. Before I get to that I just want to give a brief update of What's been going on for the week and and ho- celebrating Halloween during COVID nineteen. So as I record this, this is November first. Yesterday was Halloween. Halloween is probably my all time favorite holiday. I love Halloween. I love the month going up to it. Halloween um, in in Arizona is especially a sort of a milestone for me because um, it's the first month really that we're starting to have nicer weather, we're still having some pretty hot days. We had um, at least two or three over 100 degree days during October. And today was like 92 degrees. So that's still pretty warm for October. But the nights and the mornings are just glorious. So um, this week, I was so tired. I had this giant brief that I was working on. I've been working on it for weeks and it just was taking 10 times longer than I really thought it would take. It was um, this very, very lengthy brief, lengthy trial, seven-day trial and um, some of the days were really long. Tons of witnesses. And it just took forever to get through it. And it was due um, last week. And then finally, it was due on Thursday. And finally on Tuesday, I had to throw in the towel and do a motion to continue and ask for um, an extra week. And I was I was pretty sure that I'd be able to file it on Thursday. Like I got to the point where it was it was pretty much done. But I wanted to be able to confer with my client at my leisure and at my client's leisure and not feel rushed. And I thought uh, in definitely a few more days, it was one of those things where a few more days in the big scheme of things is not going to make a difference from the client's perspective, uh, in my opinion, from the court's perspective. So I filed a motion and, and it got granted. So I have an extra week. And my draft actually was done on Thursday. But to get ready for doing the draft, I, I had so much that I had to do coming up to that due date, even though I had been working really diligently on it. I had been carrying the transcripts in that case around with me for months. I brought them to Coronado. I worked on the beach on this case and uh, worked in the car on the case when we went to Coronado. Just kept working and working and working and, and whittling away at it, but I was a week away from the due date and still wasn't very, very far into it after putting a lot of work into it already. So I did um, we and we had a couple of days like crazily last week, we had a couple of days where it got really cold, where the highs were 60. So the highs during the day were nice. but the nights were like 40, which for us this time of year is really cold. That's more like a January temperature. And um, I got up a few mornings at five. And it's getting light about a quarter to seven right now. So I got up about five, went and sat at my um, home, at the desk at my home, and just worked by lamp. (laughs) It was very, very, very old fashioned, you know, working at a desk with a lamp on it, because it was so stinking dark. And the phrase, it's always darkest before the dawn. That, that feels it never felt more true to me than this week where it just felt pitch black and then um the sun would peak up and then when the sun would peak up I would um start the other things that I needed to do in my day which was things like getting showered getting ready for court and I also had two trials last week on top of it I had two um rather lengthy trials, you know, half day trials. And um, those went well, they were done by video. And um, I'm waiting for the rulings on them. But it was just a week with a lot in it. And um, Friday rolled around. And I said, that's it, I'm going to um, get out of here a little bit early. And then also, it's not only that, it's the end of the month, which is also billing for my office. So I had to work on getting the bills finalized so we could get them out the door. Because that's another thing, when you're when you're practicing law, and this is something that I learned very quickly right away, which is, you can't let the administrative things go by the wayside. And you have to as an attorney always get my bills out on a monthly basis. And this was something I learned very quickly, because I just knew a lot of attorneys who would get their billing done. Um, you know, say they send it out quarterly. And it was really, really unfair to the client. Because what it did was the client thought it had a perspective that maybe they were at a certain um, limit it where their bills were and then they get a bill that's 4 months of attorney's fees and it's this giant bill that they weren't expecting. And when you send out a bill every 30 days, the client has an idea of what's going on. Plus the bills are a nice way. I'm always in touch with my clients anyways, but the bills are a nice way to recap the month because you do a detailed billing. So I don't think it's very fair to the client to send out a bill every couple of months. And the other thing is you're as an attorney, you're running a business and you have to get paid. You have to keep the lights on, you have to be able to pay your employees, you have to be able to pay the health insurance. There's a million things that have to be paid. And if you don't have money coming through the door, how in the world are you going to keep that open and be able to take care of your clients? If you're worrying about um, if your electricity is going to get shut off because you don't have money to pay it, how are you going to do a good job caring for your clients? Uh, so that was just another thing this week. And Friday afternoon rolled around and I said, that's it. I need a half day. And I, um, and, and my daughter got off of, from, of school at 2 o'clock. So when she got off at 2, <laughs> and then another thing was kind of thrown in there, I had a, in one of my hearings, the court did a a telephonic status conference at two, didn't really tell us what it was about. And then at the status conference, kind of, we kind of went over a lot. It was a little bit surprising. And I was doing that from home in the middle of the day. And, and something that I'm figuring out is that, um, some of these telephonic hearings, when I'm at home, just home is too hectic. My, um, daughter with the baby lives with us so sometimes the baby's being loud and and there's just not a great place to do these telephonic hearings but i was at at home and had to do it from there because i was you know trying to get my daughter who's in middle school home and it was just a big thing and anyways the hearing was fine but it was later on a friday which just sort of put a wrench in starting the weekend but then after that happened I said, enough. Like, enough. I need to just be doing something that's not reading the transcript, doing billing, writing a brief, answering phone calls. I need to go do something else. So I went and saw a movie and saw the movie Tenant, which I will review for you. If you can, and wherever you live, try to support the movies. We went to a Friday... Afternoon movie, which on any other reality, it would have been a super crowded theater. And we were in the lobby of a big movie theater, and we're the only people in the lobby. In our movie, um, four other people were watching the movie with us. From the perspective of movie watching, it's a delight because. You basically have the theater to yourself, but it does make me worried about the history or the future of movie theaters, and it was just, um, you know, it's just sometimes just sitting in the dark where you can't have your laptop on your lap. You know, um, just now, as I record this, it's it's Sunday night, it's late, I'm going to go I'm going to go to bed after this podcast. And uh, right before it, I was doing emails and watching TV. And so am I really concentrating on the show? No, of course not. I'm concentrating on the emails. So my time where it's Sunday night, and I should be relaxing a little bit. I'm not because I, I need to get those emails done. And when you're in a movie, you can just totally space out you can't you can't have your laptop on your lap, you shouldn't be on your phone. And it's just nice to get away and just eat some popcorn and drink a Diet Coke and, and just veg out. And I am going to do a review of Tenet before the podcast is over. So that was Friday. And I got home and did like just a quick dinner for my husband. And um, then Saturday got up walked with my grandson, and came home and just started getting ready for a little Halloween party that we had on Saturday night. So Halloween in the time of COVID, I know everyone probably was doing something different. We did a tiny bit of trick-or-treating. In the past, I would have taken my um, daughter, well now she's old enough, I guess she can do it herself, but she didn't go trick-or-treating, you know, with friends or anything like that. And we took the, our two grandsons and um, all my daughters together, we just went to a couple of houses in the neighborhood that um, they were sort of out front with the bowls of candy and talked to the neighborhood neighbors for a few seconds and said hello and took the kids trick-or-treating for about 15 minutes. I, one thing that really hit me as part of the trick-or-treating is I'm really starting to, to feel that people are really desiring human connection. Like the neighbors were just so happy to see people, you know, came around, looked at the babies in the stroller. Um, nobody was wearing masks. I don't know if that's right or wrong. We weren't. Um, we were, every, everything was outside, so it felt appropriate not to wear a mask. And you could just tell people were happy to be doing something semi-normal. So, tiniest, tiniest bit of trick-or-treating ever. Came back home and had a very small party. My brother and his family came over. My mom and dad came over for a little bit. My father-in-law, my sister-in-law, and um, the girls had just a couple of friends, like two friends. And we just had a little party and... Um, ordered some pizza. My daughter Lily, who's the middle daughter, she made a charcuterie board that was haunted, (laughs) that had like little scary things on it. She made a dessert one and then she made a regular one. And those were eaten up so quickly. Had a couple of drinks. I stayed up later than I had stayed up in forever. As the night was winding down, the girls sort of floated over to the couch. And we had put on throughout the evening, I had put on um, some, uh, some Chucky movies. And my grandson was dressed up as Chucky and looked so stinking cute. So I saw Chucky movies were on HBO. So I put those on and they were just playing and no one was really watching them. But as we were getting more tired, we started floating over to the couch. Oh, and shoot before before I even talk about that I just tell you like one of the most fun things um that we had done in a long time so my um middle daughter when before my grandson went to bed she dressed as the bride of Chucky and she just wore her wedding dress and some makeup and um a leather jacket and she looked very cool she looked like Jennifer Tilly and then after the baby went to bed She changed her costume to Casey Becker, which is the Drew Barrymore character from the first Scream. And then her husband came home, and he dressed as Ghostface. And we were sitting around, and they were getting ready to do pictures. And I said, you guys said you were going to act out this scene. You promised me a show. And they were like, no, no, we didn't promise you anything. And I said, yes, you did. And then suddenly the next thing I know, they're acting out the scene. We were recording it, taking pictures, laughing, just having a good time. And um, my other, my oldest daughter's boyfriend, she played the he played the part of um, Steve, who's in the first scene. This is one of the most iconic scenes in any horror movie ever. And um, oh, and Lily's friend Catherine played Casey's mom. It just was fun and funny, and lots of pictures and lots of laughs. So after we were done with that, it was probably about 10.30, which is so, so late for me. So we floated over to the couch, and I started putting on the Simpsons Halloween specials, which are on Disney+. Plus. They have them in a collections um, tile that you can click on in Disney+. Plus. The problem is they don't stream in a row, which would be amazing. What they do is, say you play the... Halloween special Treehouse of Terror from season one then it just goes to the next episode in season one instead of going to the next Treehouse of Horror in the next season so it that was a flaw for it so every time you had to back up out of it and then go back into that collections tile and then watch the next one and that's what we were doing we watched a few of them and people were starting to, uh, my oldest daughter and her baby, who's seven weeks old, spent the night. So they floated off to bed and um, people were starting to leave. And I was on the couch. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm sleeping. I'm like sleeping and then I'm waking up and putting on the next Simpsons episode. And then finally, when I go up to bed, it's like one in the morning, which is really, really, really late for me. So go to bed, and then at 7, my oldest daughter came in with the baby and handed him to me and uh, let me feed him a bottle. So this is 7 in the morning, and I'm just feeling like my eyes are glued together. I'm so tired. I wasn't really drinking, but I had this weird, like almost like a hungover feeling. Just felt dehydrated and sore. And uh, my daughter felt, said she felt the same way too, just like like it was too much. Like when you're used to going to bed at 9 or 10, and then you go to bed um, really, really late, it really, really screws with you. So that's why on weekends, I always try to stay on my regular schedule. I dressed as my costume, by the way, <laughs> was Marge Simpson, and my husband was Homer. We won the Couples Costume Contest. And, um, so I, you know, I fell asleep on the couch, got up early, went downstairs, um, made breakfast, sat with both of the babies for a while. And I was just dragging, 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 ended up making kind of a healthy lunch. I tried, um, the meal service green chef where you get the meal kit and then you cook it. They're okay. I did it for two weeks. I've done hello fresh before and it's it's fine but then it just ends up being a lot of work as well so the one today was a vegan crab cake that was made with artichokes and corn and it was like good like not great but good and um, I have another one in the fridge to make this week and then I'm going to take a break for it because then they start to pile up after a while so that's Halloween in the time of COVID and that's my week of just being super super crazy. So the next thing I want to talk about is the topic for today which is which is legal urban legends. And this is my own personal list. It for when I first thought of this topic, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so clever to think of this topic. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to Google it, see if anyone's ever done this before. And I did find an article from 2018 where someone did their own legal urban legends, but they were different than mine. So I felt that I could contribute by doing this one. So the first one is, Regarding certified mail, there is a misconception that when you send a letter certified, it packs an extra punch to it, that it does some sort of legal magic, and it doesn't. All it does is tell you that the person received it. So in my line of work, I send a lot of demand letters. I probably do one to two demand letters a week. And a lot of times, unless the client really, really wants it, I won't send it certified because nine times out of 10, maybe even higher, maybe even a greater odds, the person just doesn't pick it up. They're not at home to get it. And then they get a, a note from, the, from their mail carrier that says they have to go to the post office and get it. They never get it. So if I do send it certified mail, I always always send it first class as well so that I know it's getting placed in their mailbox. And when they get it, it doesn't the certified mail doesn't mean it it has any sort of extra anything. All it does is tell you that they or perhaps someone else in their household signed for it. The second urban legend is lawyer magic. So a lot of times, and I know, you know, people are, people need help. And so, but they think that the lawyer has some sort of special power, like a genie in the bottle. Like they, you can basically do anything. And really not. I mean, you can just do your job in the confines of the law. And, um, and then you're doing your best for a good result. Sometimes um, there's the perspective that people think when they hear, if someone's going to get a letter on my letterhead, they're going to hop to it immediately. And they don't always. It's really has to be within that person who receives the letter, if they're going to respond to it, um, because they may not care, or they may be in a in a host of other legal problems and a letter from me isn't going to do anything. It's definitely the way to get things started and to put someone on notice but I don't have the power to compel people to do things. I'm not a genie. Another legal urban legend and I've heard this so many times and I really have no idea what it means, but it's the phrase that property is nine-tenths of the law. I'm sorry, not property. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. It really sort of means nothing. Um, It... There are so many... There's so much appellate case law that talks about real estate and personal property, and you never hear the phrasing phrase, possession is nine-tenths of the law. You will hear all sorts of other things in these cases regarding um, how property should be distributed, what happens if someone actually has physical ownership of it, or has physical possession of it, what that means. But the phrase property is possession is nine-tenths of the law just doesn't pop up in any sort of legal setting. Another legal urban legend is that divorce is quick and maybe it's sort of a a movie thing like people see in movies how quickly people get divorced Uh, and I know some states may have a shorter time period for getting a divorce perhaps Nevada is one Um, but divorce is not quick and it's not it's not a procedure where people can walk in and just say hey I'm I'm Asking him for a divorce, and now I'm divorced. It's a multi-step process where someone is the petitioner, someone is the respondent, and then after a certain statutory time period, they can, if they have an agreement, they can submit their consent decree. So about the quickest in Arizona, like if you just do everything and there's agreements on everything, is probably about 90 days to get divorced because there's a 60-day statutory cooling off period. So in the big scheme of things, that's pretty quick, but it's not quick as, you know, as people would like. Another legal urban legend is that creditors will settle for pennies on the dollar. Sometimes that happens. Most of the time, it does not creditors when a, a loan goes into default it is the creditor's job and their attorneys that they hire to get the most that they can on that debt. Now there can be some defenses and then sometimes if you really really can't get it settled um, bankruptcy may be an option but the 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 feeling that it say I'm just going to use a round I'm just going to use a figure. Say you have a hundred dollar debt. The perspective that that creditor is going to settle for one dollar is going to settle for pennies on the dollar. I rarely, rarely see that. And generally, when you do see it, it is because the person is able to demonstrate that they have no job, they have no bank accounts, they have no assets and the creditor knows they will never be able to collect on anything. But if the creditor um, is aware that the person has a job, probably has a bank account, maybe owns a house, they're probably not going to settle for pennies on the dollar. My next legal urban legend is how fast a court moves. So a lot of times people come to me, and and a big one is, If they're trying to sell their property, sell a piece of real estate, and they want an answer like extremely fast on a complicated issue. And it's not, you know, it's not a bad thing that that's what they want, because whatever they have going on is tying them up. But the problem is, is that most of the time it doesn't work that way. The court does not move fast. And I use the example of of law and order. If you ever watch that show, it's about 42 minutes um, every episode. And most of the cases, like the vast majority, are wrapped up within that 42 minutes. So the crime happens, the officers investigate it, and the next thing you know, the prosecutor's in court with the defendant up on the stand. And all this takes place within a very, very quick period of time. Doesn't happen that way court takes forever. Uh, For instance, I have a trial that is going to trial in January. It is a four year old case. And that's when you when things finally get to trial, that's about how quick they go. Family law matters can be anywhere from six years, uh, six, I'm sorry, six months to a year. But with civil cases, it can drag out for years criminal can too um those usually go quicker cuz they have priority under the law and their speedy trial issues but if it's a complicated case that needs a trial it's probably going to be pushed out for a couple of years there was a show that i used to watch i think it's on netflix it's called drop dead diva and it was a a woman who was an attorney and every time her client she would have a consultation the client would come into the conference room and then that afternoon they would be in court. The attorney would say, oh, let's, I'm going to f- call the judge and we'll get a hearing. No, no, like not even close. Like the amount of paperwork and preparation and everything that you need to do, sir, you know, service on the other party, you just don't end up in court very quickly. Now there are some things. There's a caveat to that. There's some things that can happen on an emergency basis, but usually those are. It's not a permanent issue. It's usually a temporary issue. Another legal urban legend, and this one is particular to lawyers, is that lawyers handle everything. So I get this a lot at um, parties where people will come up to me, and they'll say, "Here's my question," and. I will say it's not something that I handle. Like a big one, for instance, might be bankruptcy. I have never done bankruptcy. I never plan on doing bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is very specialized, and it's just something that I don't do. I have practiced in the bankruptcy court on adversary proceedings, but not actual filings of bankruptcies. So lawyers do not handle everything. In fact, some lawyers are extremely specialized. I met with a lawyer this week who... Only did trademarks establishing the trademarks, and um and some trademark litigation. It was a very niche practice, and that's just sometimes how these things work. Um, for instance, um, uh, patent law is very very specialized, and attorneys who are also have a, who have a scientific or engineering background might um be part of the patent bar and do patent law. So not all lawyers handle everything. And you um, sometimes have to call around and find the right attorney for you. So those are my legal urban legends. And before I sign off, I just want to do a quick review of the movie Tenant. So Tenant was supposed to be a big summer release. supposed to come out, I think, around the 4th of July. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. Robert Pattinson has um, a big part in it. And um, I cannot think of the name of the main actor. Um, but he was great. And everyone was great. It was a great cast. So as with a Christopher Nolan movie, there's a lot of like, mind-bending type um, aspects to the plot. And so this is basically a time-traveling detective story, in a way. Detective story isn't the right um, definition of it. Um, it's sort of like... Mission Impossible, if Mission Impossible, had a ton of time traveling. And it had a lot of um, twists and turns in it. and was a lot of fun. You can't get too hung up on the physics of it. Because if you do, your, your head will explode. Like trying to figure out what it you know how they're time traveling and what it means. It was it they took an original perspective of the time of time traveling. Like if you've ever seen a time travel movie, the people just time travel, and then they're just in the uh, in the past or in the present, and they um, are just kind of walking around like no problem. So this is different. So in this. You actually have a different physicality when you time travel and what happens to you. It was also um, masterful uh, filmmaking. Like some of the shots were amazing. And I don't want to spoil it because um, there was just some parts that were really great. But oh, I can give a broad example. There was one sequence where he time traveled and that sequence of what happened in like the 10 minutes after that was just some of the most masterful film film um, cinematography uh, direction that I've ever seen just very 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 cool and this is a movie that I was looking forward to to see during the summer it was fun to go see it on the big screen I'm glad I saw it on the big screen it's been out for a while uh, kind of the thing with movies right now is there's not really any new releases. Like Tenet's been playing as probably one of the newest movies. And it's been at the theater since it reopened. Uh, I'm just losing track of time on these sort of things. So I think the theaters re- reopened about two months ago. And I think Tenet's been playing the in- the entire time. The other movies that were playing, a lot of them were really, really old movies. Um, like Hocus Pocus was playing. Um. Some older kids movies. So I think that too is probably keeping a lot of people out of the movies. Because how often are you going to go see a movie that you can just you know put on Netflix and watch it at home? But it was good. There was a new scary movie that came out this weekend too. And um, I I was potentially going to see that. But I felt like, you know what? I have to see Tenet on the big screen. This was something that I was really looking forward to. Christopher Nolan in his movies does really really fun things with like time and reality like if you've ever seen memento that's one of my all-time favorite movies Inception is a, like a really great movie and of course he did the Dark Knight trilogy that doesn't thats those are more straightforward um, than his other movies the Dark Knight trilogy but still um, Christopher Nolan has a very very Special way of doing movies, so I highly recommend it. And if theaters are open by you, try to go see it. It it took me out of my reality for a while, and that was a good thing. It was nice to just sort of forget for a little bit. So I'm going to wrap up for tonight. You can find the pod- podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. I think you can also find it on Amazon now under Florence Legally Burnett, Bonafide legal podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram under Florence Legally Brunette. I'm also on Facebook under my name, and you can find my law office on Facebook, Law Office of Florence Brummer. My website is BrummerLaw.com, and I'm also on Patreon. Have a great week, and I'll be back next week with a new topic. Thanks. Bye-bye.